0: to your daily dose of facts to fight off the liberal gaslighting. You can be in the middle of a hurricane.
1: You have sanctuary in the city of Chicago.
0: Or you can be on a calm day. North is still north. You could be in a thunderstorm.
2: I am angry. We are not going back. Not ever.
0: North is still north. People can yell at me. The hell with the Supreme Court. We will do. North is still north. It doesn't change fundamental things. And in this business, right is still right, even if you stand by yourself. We don't get fooled again. No, no. Live across the fruited plain and from sea to shining sea, we are converting the Marxist left one hour at a time on the Wendy Bell Radio Program.
3: Hello, America and Beyond the Fruited Plain. Welcome home to the Wendy Bell Radio Program. We are thrilled to start another busy broadcasting week of fabulosity right here. I'm Wendy. I'm a mom. I am a proud American. I love the police. I support law enforcement. I believe in rules. I have five boys. I'm trying like nuts to raise the right way. My husband and I. So if you uh, associate with any of those things that I just said, and or you are a common sense conservative, You have found the right spot. This is your landing zone, and we're thrilled to have you. Welcome. Wendy Bell Radio Network app. Follow along the live stream. Love to have you join in the chat and the live video, all three hours. Wendy Bell Radio podcast. Easy to get, download, share, follow, five-star review. Glad you're there. Just keep coming back. Welcome home. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Amen. Interesting weekend, ladies and gentlemen. We had the big Saturday, South Carolina primary. I don't think any of us was very surprised by the outcome, but I have to say, I believe the Uniparty is stunned. I believe that they are are literally Beside themselves, because for the last several years, let's just say seven, okay, seven years, make it eight for the year before Donald Trump won. Let's just say that they have been working around the clock, nonstop. Job number one is to smear, to make up fake crap about, to defame, if you will, Donald Trump. And every single person like you, like myself, who follows the principles that he espouses and by their tally, they should be well ahead of the game leading towards November. You've got 95 percent in the four years of Donald Trump's presidency, 95 percent negative news about him now, 89 percent leading up to this election. By their votes, by their tally, by their math, you should be in the bag for somebody other. And what ends up happening? It was an historic Saturday. It was called so quickly for every Nikki Haley vote. There were two for Donald Trump. And that was with all these people coming forward in an open primary as Democrats and voting for Nikki Haley. Monster, monster, monster! We've got some sound. I just want you to hear. This is not what you would ever hear at a at a Joe Biden rally because there will never be a Joe Biden rally. There will not be rallies for a Democrat, and if there were, they would never, ever sound like this. Trump, 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 Trump. I mean, that's literally, before he even comes on stage, people are going absolutely bananas, bananas, waiting for Donald Trump to come out and say, thank you, South Carolina. Thank you to everybody on stage with me. In fact, it's a more subdued, it is a very focused Donald Trump. The man knows what job he has ahead of him. And that is because Joe Biden and the Uniparty has created such chaos to grind him down, to make the job seem insurmountable. Who would ever want to take it? One person. And you hear that resolve in a very focused and direct and humble Donald Trump. I have three audio sound bites I want you to hear. And I want you to remember. This primary set two records in South Carolina, in South Carolina Republican presidential uh, history, Republican presidential primary history. Donald Trump set the record for the most votes received in a South Carolina presidential primary, more than doubling the previous. And Nikki Haley also holds the record for the largest margin loss in a home state for an unsuspended candidate. So for a live candidate losing the home state by the margin in which she did. Donald Trump completely focused with brief remarks afterwards. Audio soundbite number one, soaking in what he sees, what we feel and what the left now knows means their time is up. Go.
0: I was just informed that we got double the number of votes that has ever been received in the great state of South Carolina. So... That's pretty good. So it's a record times two. And there's something going on in the country. Some really great things are going on.
3: And then he says some terrible things are going on. And that's why people are coming out to vote. They see people getting hurt, killed because of Joe Biden's open borders, whether it's the drugs or it's the humanity, whether it's the criminals, the gangs, what have you. This is a nation that is dying and people see that there is one solution and it is to all band together and to move forward. It's not because of Donald Trump. He's merely been selected as the face of it. But you are the movement. Every time you speak with somebody. Every time you share your thoughts, every time you refuse to back down to some progressive of suck and their woke ideology, every time you push back, you are that groundswell, that tidal wave. And it's coming. In fact, it's here. And Donald Trump recognizes it. Listen to audio soundbite number two.
0: But now there's a spirit that I have never seen. We ran two great races. But there's never been, ever, there's never been a spirit like this. And I just want to say that I have never seen the Republican Party so unified as it is right now. Never been like this.
3: Scared to death the media are. In fact, as a teaser beezer for what's coming up in the next half hour, don't miss it. We've got some some sounds, some voices on the left in the media. Those are synonymous things. I get it. Freaking out. What is going on? Don't they know? He didn't rape Eugene Carroll, but we're going to smear him and pretend that he did. He didn't collude with Russia, but we're going to plant information, make it up, wiretap him and lie and create the narrative that he did. He didn't mishandle classified documents. Joe Biden did that, which we will discuss in the third hour of today's program. But we're going to lie about it and say that he did. He didn't start an insurrection, but we're going to we're going to lie. We're going to lie about it and say that he did. And then we're going to bring a lot of other people who are just like tens and hundreds of millions of common-sense Americans who knew something was wrong and showed up at the Capitol that day to get entrapped. And we know it, and they know it too. Audio soundbite number three. Look, this is not a time for Donald Trump. This is fascinating. He doesn't rip on anybody. He doesn't drop any nicknames. He doesn't say anything other than we are Focused, and we have a serious freaking job ahead of us. So, yes, we've got these steps, and yes, we're going to do them. And please join our movement. But make no mistake listen.
0: And we're going to be up here on November 5th, and we're going to look at Joe Biden, and we're going to look him right in the eye. He's destroying our country, and we're going to say, Joe, you're fired. Get out. Get out, Joe. You're fired. (laughs) (laughs) you
3: know this is it this is the joy this is what loving america looks like what it sounds like what it feels like inside and when it gets trampled by people who don't deserve to have the roles that they have that are so injurious to us and our freedoms They see the fun. They see the joy. They see the energy. They see that love. They don't have it. And Americans are being forced to choose. Do you want to be on the side of we've got a country to save? Join our team. Let's do this together. That means everybody has a job. That means we're not sitting back anymore, friends. That means no more cruise control. No more autopilot. No more you're not doing your own research. Those days are over. Do you want that side? Or do you want the side of constant lies and propaganda and fake news and interference and corruption and twisting the laws and going after people who tell the truth? Which side seems more alluring to anybody out there who hasn't yet decided. It's not even close. And they know it. All right, don't go anywhere. When we come back, it is the same old song and dance, you know, except people are awakened to this. All right, reports of issues on the ground in South Carolina, which had us kind of saying, what the heck's going on? And then, as we tee up a segment on media meltdown, the queen of liberal, Rachel Maddow, with her own little triggered nightmare, next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. So as we deliciously dive into some of the sound coming up, which is just... It's people who, who are so used to getting away with sucking that when the suck ultimately is going to come to an end when the clock is ticking and time is running out and they know it, it's so interesting to watch people lose their minds because there's, there's one way to do this and then there's their way to do this. If I'm a member of the media, even if I'm a leftist, I'm going to say exactly what ended up happening. Donald Trump smoked, smoked Nikki Haley. He got 76 nationally, 76.7% to Haley's 15.6% as of this morning. It is a trouncing, five to one, Donald Trump over Nikki Haley. Nikki won three of 46 counties in South Carolina and more than 750,000 South Carolinians. That's about 28% participated in Saturday's GOP primary, okay? Surpassing 2016 numbers by about 15,000. This is huge. Giant, but not without problems, right? So there's a Real America's Voice. Isn't that what it's called? All right, yeah, I think it's Real America's Voice. They've got this cute blonde reporter on the ground, and she's talking to a guy in South Carolina, who's like, yo, I don't know what's going on at my voting precinct, but some weird crap is is going down. And they said something about the Internet. Now, I'm going to remind everybody because you know this. Remember when they told us that these machines, the s e or SS and whatever the hell and Dominion and all of these machines, they're not connected to the Internet. That's fake news. And they came out and they fact checked us and we're like, I don't know, because, yeah, they are. All of a sudden, that kind of went haywire. That narrative went Poof, in South Carolina on Saturday. Let's, let's just go and listen in to a gentleman who's come outside to raise some alarms. Listen. Hey, good morning. We are here at Satchel Ford Elementary in Columbia, South Carolina, where the polls opened at 7 o'clock this morning. And I'm already hearing concerns from voters. I have one such voter with me right now. He actually just came out. And told us that he's having suspicions the internet is down at this particular polling location can you tell us what happened when you went inside
0: yeah i filled out the ballot uh walked over to the scanner put placed it in the scanner and i got an error message Uh, a male poll worker came over and explained they don't have internet so i would have to hand fold the ballot and put it in a slot below the scan. But
3: we have internet right outside the polling Absolutely. location.
0: And there were a number of, well, there was at least uh, five other voters that were just as uh, confused or like, what the is going on? They weren't
3: able to tell you anything else on it? Nope.
0: They didn't tell us anything related to uh, when they were going to have the internet repaired or any kind of status reports.
3: Well, thanks so much. For- well, there you go. So that was that. That is... A gentleman there on the ground saying, look, I was inside. They said that the thing's connected, not connected to the Internet. The Internet's down, whatever's happening. And what? This should not impact how you vote. So people are aware. This is a gentleman who's probably 70 years old, right? He's he's keenly aware of the fact that things are going on. America is awake. Everybody knows. If they try to cheat, it's going to have to be cataclysmic for people to roll over and take it. And they know it. And this is the greatest sound from Rachel Maddow, okay? So Rachel Maddow is gonna come out and she's desperate to portray Donald Trump as this old man. He's forgetful, she says. He has no idea where he is. He rambles incoherently. I'm thinking, I'm like, you know what, girl, I know what you want to be saying. Is that about Joe Biden? Because this ain't working, sister. Listen to Rachel Maddow as the punishing primary results roll in.
1: He didn't go on the offensive against Haley. He talked about the Republican Party being unified. That is a normal thing to say. He then even tried to credit what he described as the people standing behind me, who he described as national officials, state officials. They're state officials, but they're really national. They're the most important state officials in the country. The state, it's the country. Like, what, what, what are you talking about? Um, so there's a there's a, a a a it's not even stylistic. There's a there's a general incoherence. <laughs> um, uncle, uncle ramble standards, um, mm-hmm. thing going on with him that doesn't get a lot of attention because the <laughs> mainstream press, particularly the print press has much more enjoyed talking about Joe Biden, uh, and the signs of his age. But Trump is rambling and incoherent even when he is at his best. And even when it's early in the evening and tonight, even just getting that slice of it is a real reminder of that, which again is. Nikki Haley's main message, right? Nikki Haley's mainly arguing both Trump and Biden are unfit. You should pick me instead. Republicans don't want to pick her instead. But the manifest unfitness of Donald Trump for the basics of campaigning are on display every time he gets behind a microphone.
3: Freaking out. They are so freaking out. And I'm just going to sit here for a little while and I'm going to take my bread and I'm going to soak up some gravy right now. It's that delicious what's going on. They can't even pretend to not be triggered activists. And you listen, and you see these people on the left. They're angry. Being angry takes a toll on your face. They look angry <clears throat> all the time. And Donald Trump, with his family and, and people behind him, who he thanks gracious, humble, focused, resolute, determined, marching forward. They cannot stand it, ladies and gentlemen. This is just one little I'm going I'll say it's an aperitif, okay? Because we're going to dish up some of the more delicious main course after this short break listen to the media lose their minds, the more you and I enjoy this fantastic gravy train. So get your bread and get ready to dip it. Next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. Welcome back to the Wendy Bell Radio Program. All right, before we get into any of this sound with the media, and, and I think that we, as, as frustrating, as nerve-wracking, as, as painful as it has been for these last several years for us to watch since day one, the, the purposeful and planned destruction of what we care about in this country. As we watch this, it's hard, to, it's hard to wrap your mind around the idea that all of this has been necessary because people get very comfortable until discomfort is dropped in their zip code. Whether it's migrants coming in or being bussed in or flown into your community, Whether it's that, whether it's the ridiculousness of of the prices and what things cost these days for what you get, it's it's ridiculous. Or, Or it's just the sheer safety thing, just not feeling safe. That's a terrible feeling. These things have been necessary to awaken what I believe is a majority of people who either are disconnected, unpolitical, I guess you would say, not political, apolitical, is that the word? Or just comfortably complacent. They can't be anymore. There's no more time to put it on the back burner or expect somebody else to step forward and do it. And so this is necessary. And it's necessary for us to watch the implosion of the media. And I don't, I don't take joy in that. But it's happening. And they know it. And they are desperate. And I'm going to get to that in a minute. I want to read you this headline real fast. Townhall.com. After getting demolished in South Carolina, Nikki Haley loses a major donor. Former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley got blown out in her home state Saturday night. Donald Trump delivered another double-digit blowout loss. Only this one occurred in Haley's backyard. Still, she refuses to back out, noting that this is not a Soviet-style election. The voters deserve a choice. That's fine. But the GOP base made their decision weeks ago. Haley doesn't feel that Trump can win in November, even though he's the best candidate. Obviously. The same thing was said about Trump in 2016. What is clear is that she cannot beat Joe Biden. Look, everybody, everybody wants to say that. People want you to believe it, that, that Donald Trump with Joe Biden, eh, that's gonna be a nail biter. But you bring in this woman who is so unnatural who is so scripted who has sound bites that she talks in and has to read from a teleprompter and it's not delivered well they want you to believe that she's gonna get that she's gonna blow out joe biden get out of town so now the Koch brothers apparently their network which had backed haley to the hilt Announced over the weekend, they are cutting their losses. They are seeing a further injection of their resources, being unable to turn things around. And they operate under this umbrella called Americans for Prosperity Action. Blah, blah, blah. They want to tell you, ah, we're good people. We're conservatives. We care about. No, no. You take your dark money and suck it. Okay, Because we all have a country to save. And it ain't going to be saved with your cash. It's going to be saved with the hard work of you and me. You and I have to do this. My work, your work. There is no more time for you to sit back. And they can sense the urgency. They can sense it in the media. So let's get to a few of these audio sound bites for you. I want to talk about Chris Hayes here. Because Chris... <laughs> It's magic. Chris Hayes is totally focused on this exit polling. Look, if they cannot win in the numbers, they're going to try to browbeat you with stupid emotions, right? Racism, white nationalism, oh, anti LGBT, whatever it is. They want to fragment you. They want to fracture what the ideas are. They want to get some kind of an emotional hook. And whether it's a lie or not, they want to drive it home to send a stake through Donald Trump's heart. Not working, not working, making him even more formidable. Here's Chris Hayes, he's gonna snivel and he's gonna say, you know what? Some people leaving that uh, primary in South Carolina, a lot of them think that uh, Donald Trump won 2020, that Joe Biden did not win. Ah, Can you imagine? The fools. No, see, everybody knows what's going on, Chris. Everybody knows, and we're not all on the take like you are. Here is Chris Hayes having a meltdown about exit polling. Listen.
1: Two questions here we've been asking in these early primary contests from the exit polls and just wanted to get your uh, uh, read on these because we've talked about them a lot. I think they sort of serve as proxy questions in some ways. Number one, did Joe Biden legitimately win in 2020? That's one of the exit polls. Um, yes, gets 32 percent of the folks voting in South Carolina, according to our exit polls. No, gets 65 percent. So two thirds, one-thirds there. And then yeah. a question about if Trump is convicted, is he fit to be president? Should he face criminal conviction in any one of the outstanding 91 indictments he faces? Um, you get, again, very similar numbers. Yes, he's still fit at 65. No, he's not a 32. Again, a sort of two-thirds, one-third. What's your read on that?
3: Pfft. Our my read on that there, uh, Chris, is that we suck and everybody sees through our suck. 65%. 65% if Donald Trump is convicted, is he still fit to be president? Absolutely. 65% of the people polled leaving the primary said we believe yes. They know. Come on, Chris. I'm sorry that you're the last one who's still in the dark about this. Should we have a conversation about Santa, too? How about 65% say they uh, don't think Joe Biden won? (gasps) Can you believe that? Shut up. We're so past that. Look, we're not litigating 2020. Everybody knows what happened in 2020. And if you're not on the side of knowing what happened in 2020, you're part of the group that won't be saved. Period. That's fine. Joy Reid then, wearing, uh, you know, her Trump hair, she's going to come in here and she's got she's got the last card. She's got the one card that she can play. Everything's got to be wrapped around the prism of race. It's race. It's evangelical. It's Christian. It's it's people like, you know, me. Go.
2: Right. And I think that you can go back to what Steve was just saying about the makeup of this electorate. I mean, this is a what, 92 percent white, overwhelmingly evangelical Christian primary electorate in South Carolina. And I think writ large around the country, that is the way they think. I mean, even among the independent voters who are about what, 21 percent of this electorate, it's like almost a 50 50 question as to whether President Biden is the legitimate president of the United States. That is what the Republican Party is now. It is a baseline condition of being a base Republican (laughs) right now that you do not believe that the 2020 election was legitimate. You believe that Donald Trump is the rightful president of the United States. You believe that he's the most electable candidate. That's also in these exit polls, more so than Nikki Haley, which there's no empirical data that supports that. And you believe that he should be president regardless of whether he is convicted of a felony which he very likely will be in the next month.
3: Well, if that makes us baseline Republicans, I'm as base as they get. Of course, of course, 2020 was a garbage election. Shut up. Right. Of, of course, we believe that Donald Trump is the way forward, of course. And that doesn't mean because I'm white or because I'm a Catholic or evangelical or otherwise. I see the truth. It's obvious. And they have to relitigate the 2020 election again and again and again and again. Look, if they're pounding anything, if you get fact checkers come after you, it's because you're telling the truth. The obsession among the media to try to point fingers at people who had the gall to say, you know what? I felt kind of uncomfortable about that. I don't believe that that was on the up and up. I think stuff happened and it was dirty and that we're not allowed to talk about it makes me even more suspicious. Oh, big lie. Well, okay, guilty. I'm cool with that. It's already done. You guys have already done the damage, right? So we're looking forward. And on forward train, we're seeing a lot of gravy to be scooping up with our bread. I want you to hear this because it's not just MSNBC. It's CNN. They suck too. David Chalion, And he's going to say when South Carolina voters were asked if Biden, w- again, the focus on 2020. They're grasping at straws because 2024, to them, they know, is out of reach. This is their political, senior political hack guy. And he's going to tell you right now. He's going to tell you you're wrong if you doubted that 2020 election. You're right if you think Joe Biden is all that in a bag of donuts. Go.
1: Do you think Biden legitimately won the 2020 election? Here in South Carolina, in this primary today, only a third, 32% say that he did legitimately win. (laughs) Only a third give the correct answer to this question. Correct. Two thirds, (gasps) 65% wrongly say that Joe Biden did not legitimately win the 2020 election, but that is what they believe, obviously, after hearing so much of that uh, from Donald Trump and others.
3: Oh my heavens. So that line between information And telling you what to think and presenting to you what the narrative is, it's over. There is no line. David Chalian. And by the way, I think we should flashback to who this guy is. You guys remember Project Veritas when they did the undercover phone call and they got Jeff Zucker, the head of CNN, on the line with David Chalian basically talking about the Hunter laptop? Yo, we're not going to touch it. We're not going anywhere near this. You're going to hear those voices. All right. You're going to hear... David Chalian saying, so here's how I'm going to be presenting this news. And you're also going to be hearing the voice of a guy who is the VP and general counsel of CNN. His name is David Vigilante. I want you to hear these guys. This is CNN in 2020, I believe, creating the narrative that would be the the CNN network view of the laptop. Go.
2: Obviously, uh, we're not going with. The uh, New York Post story uh, right now on Hunter Biden and uh, which seems to be uh, giving its marching orders to Fox News and the right wing echo chamber about what to uh, talk about today. Obviously, Hunter Biden's lawyer is quoted in that New York uh, Post piece and we'll just continue to report out this is the very stuff that the president was impeached over. This is the stuff that Senate committees looked at and found nothing wrong in uh, Joe Biden's uh, interactions uh, with Ukrainians. And, uh, uh, now having an email that uh, perhaps there was a meeting with someone uh, from Burisma is, uh, uh, it seems, uh, Rudy Giuliani's sort of dream-a-vision of, of how to throw stuff at the wall in these closing days of the campaign. Hey, Jeff, it's just David on the Barisma story, and we should be awfully careful
0: about that, obviously. But I do think there's a media story of what in the world aren't uh, Maggie Hammerman and uh, Jake Sherman doing retweeting that
3: story. Well, I guess they were retweeting it because they thought it was newsworthy, and they put one guy, David Challion, on CNN's coverage of it. And boy, oh boy, did he have his talking points down, didn't he? Right. This is CNN. Yeah, this is CNN, which sucks. All right, quick time out. When we come, isn't it all so comfy? How all of these people are connected, right? Ugh. When we come back on the Wendy Bell Radio Program, we're talking about time is up today. Clock is ticking, winding down. Well, the moment Nathan Wade realized his time was up, it happened Friday. We'll talk about it next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. Look, if Nathan Wade and, and Fannie Willis aren't, aren't hung up on the wall for this, for the, for the mockery, the, the ridiculous legal circus that they have created... Uh, By being lousy people like if people want to cheat on their spouses, you know, I I can't tell you what to do, but if you're in a job that involves professional conduct that involves an oath that, that there are norms of behavior that you're you're supposed to abide by and it's not even it's not even up for negotiation. If you trample all over those and are allowed to get away with it because you're black, because you fit a narrative right now, then we've got much, much more serious problems than we can even imagine. This was the moment Friday that Nathan Wade probably realized his goose goose was cooked. I don't know how long he's willing to lie. I think Fannie will go to the grave with it. I think Nathan Wade realizes he's toast. Here's your story. This is on The Grio. Never read anything on this, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, before. Thegrio.com. Headline Location data shows Nathan Wade's cell in Fannie Willis's neighborhood 35 times in 11 months. Raises questions about when they began dating. Now, you could come to this story. This is, of course, all about Fulton County, Georgia where Fannie Willis claims that Donald Trump tried to overturn the results of the 2020 election because he asked questions. He wanted to know, hey, is all of the data that you're getting at your precinct, at your precincts, Brad Raffensperger, is it all on the up and up? And Brad Raffensperger lies and says, oh, yeah, we've done an audit and everything's come back great. Well, of course, not a single county had been reached out to by Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger at all since the election, certainly not to verify their results. But Donald Trump somehow, because he dared to ask a question, should be indicted and should have some book thrown at him. So the relationship between Fannie Willis, the D.A., And Nathan Wade, a special prosecutor, she hires to bring on to the case to go after Donald Trump, which has been her marching order since she was elected. Right. The timeline is all kind of weird because if she was sleeping with Nathan Wade, we've already known they've gone on all these trips. They've lied about she lied about paying him in cash said she kept cash all over the house when her dad was asked about that. He was like, what? I don't know anything about that except that the lawyers told me about it today. Really? It's so dirty. Right? And they're trying to say, no, no, no. We didn't get together at all until this case. Well, hogwash. We know for a fact that it started probably as far back as 2019. And now this low, that means they lied. Can full stop, can we just like full stop right there? We could get into the, all the nuance. They freaking lied. Look, if putting your hand on a Bible and raising the other up and repeating after me doesn't stop your lying, there's no hope. There's, there's no there's no trust now in this system anymore. And this this data, we're going to dig into it in the next hour. It's damning. They use this software called Cell Hawk. All right? And Cell Hawk is used by the police in Atlanta. Big police force, right? And Cell Hawk allows authorities to use this software that aggregates pings from cell phones and much like 2,000 mules, geolocates people. It's exactly what the clowns did on January 6th going against all of the people who showed up at the Capitol. And when I say the clowns, it's all of the people on the rabid left in the DOJ and the FBI who came after honorable people who happened to be in the vicinity Geolocating. Well, if he was in her neighborhood 35 times in 11 months, and it appears that they exchanged from just in 11 months' time 12,000 text messages and over 2,000 personal cell phone calls, do you want to know what that works out to be? The, This is a serious relationship. I don't know if I've ever talked to somebody this much. Here we go. 12,000 text messages in 11 months and 2,000 calls. That's 334 days. They were on the phone six times a day talking in person. And they were texting each other 36 times per day. So one of the attorneys for Trump and Michael Roman who's In this lawsuit with him over election interference, BS, asks Nathan Wade on the stand. So if I were to tell you that we actually have this this software that shows all the times that your phone was in and around the vicinity. And by the way, we also have text messages and all that jazz. And it shows demonstrably that you guys were together well before this whole Trump case came through. What would you say to that? Nathan Wade, straight face. I would say that the data is wrong. You're saying that the cell phone records and all of this stuff is wrong? Yes. Perjury, ladies and gentlemen. When you lie, when you lie, there better be a punishment. We're going to get deeper into Fannie Willis's side of this and more of the, you know, granular data next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program.